This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn the Geek, and we are in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June the 9th, episode 2700. This episode is brought to you by State Line Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. That's right, it's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie, that girl Jennings, and Glenn, the geeky pony guy. Wednesday, I guess. Well, good morning, everybody. I have Jennifer here with me. We are in the RV, and Jamie will be here in the show uh, uh, in just a couple of minutes to tell us all about her weekend over there in North Dakota. Is she North Dakota or South Dakota? North Dakota. North Dakota. Yep. Way up there. Way up there. So she's going to, but it was hotter there than here in the <laughs> South. So <laughs> we're going to hear all about that. Jamie's going to join us. Uh, we're doing the beginning of this episode actually in our RV in a beautiful farm, uh, driving farm in South or in North Carolina in Southern Pines. And we'll tell you more about that later in the show as well. So Jamie's going to tell us about our weekend. Uh, I did an interview on a carriage driving through a dead dog forest in it's Aiken. Not dead dog it is. That's forest. what I'm calling it. That's what it's going to be from now on. Uh, we're going to tell you how it got that name. And also, as I said, we made our way here to Southern Pines, and our hosts here are Katie and Miranda Cadwell, and you've heard them on the driving show for a lot, a lot of years. And we're going to talk to them one about uh, because they're world champion carriage drivers. We're going to talk to them about that, but also they have a cattery, so we'll talk about that too. And and Jennifer will tell you her impression of the cattery after we do the interview later on in the show. Kitties. <laughs> uh, but there will be no Daily Winnies today because no. of the way we're doing this show. We have absolutely... We have no connectivity. We have Zero. no we, internet. We are uploading our files by smoke signal. Yes. So we're heading to town to record Jamie's part of today's show, which is why it's a little different. We have to go to Dick's Sporting Goods to get a cell signal. Their cell tower was right there. We checked it out last night, and we had enough of a connection, I think, to do Jamie's part of the show today. <laughs> so. That's what the test trip is all about, is figuring out, because we're going to have all the same problems regardless of where we go, but figuring out different solutions that apply. So now we know. No connectivity, drive into town, find the shopping district, because that's where you have a cell signal, and off you go. Well, and we're going to be doing that in a little bit here, but first we actually have another carriage ride they've set up this morning, so uh, you'll hear, uh, we'll, we'll do an interview there, and we you'll hear that coming up in... That's going to be in the driving episode coming up. The next up. driving yep. episode, right? Yeah, so stay tuned for that, too. Yeah. Well, let's not waste any time. Y'all are waiting to hear how Jamie made out over the weekend. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> Y'all are waiting to hear that. I'm in the South now. Uh, so let's go right to Jamie. Well, Jamie, it is so nice to have you as a guest on your own show. Oh, my gosh. What an honor. It is such an honor to be speaking to you. <laughs> we also have, actually, one of our terrific auditors. We are doing this interview from the truck below a cell tower at the Dick's Sporting Goods in Southern Pines. And one of our listeners came down to meet us. Chelsea, you'll meet her in the post-show auditors. So hang on for that. But she's that sitting here in the truck with me. Just that's how important this interview was to you was to you have to go through all of that just to talk to me. Well, if we didn't find out about your weekend in North Dakota, the listeners were going to riot. So you get the first 30 minutes of the show. So I'm counting on you having something to talk about. So no, nothing happened over the weekend. It was boring. <laughs> so you flew up to North Dakota to do the Monty Roberts kind of training up there for all the cowboys, right? So it's, it was, yeah, the North Dakota Horse Expo is a, I mean, it's the, it's in their second year and it was huge. It was huge. There's so many vendors and lots of clinicians and, um, yeah, so I got up there on Wednesday, kind of met the horses on Thursday, uh, Thursday night, actually, they didn't get in. So this was, uh, I, I, Okay, so most clinicians brought their trained horses to demo, and they were teaching lessons during the clinic. 
I was the weird person that um, was the English rider that had these crazy thoroughbreds brought in. So um, Bowman Horse Rescue, very similar to Horse and Hound, it seems like, uh, brought six horses over to me. And and I think that the young girl, Morgan, who was going to bring all the horses over, she thought she was supposed to bring like the trained ones. And so a couple of days out, I'm like, no, no, no. Bring me the untrained ones. So I, the ones I want to, one of the classes I was supposed to teach in the clinics was restarting the off the track thoroughbred. So I wanted to go through like A to, to Z on how I restart an off the track thoroughbred. And I had three days to do it. So I was going to use the same horses uh, in that demo throughout the weekend so people could see it. I, I, it changed my plan a little bit because no people that were there on Friday weren't there on Sunday. So I kind of restarted one every single day. Um, and it, it was, it was awesome. Um, they brought in these six thoroughbreds, a uh, couple mares, couple geldings. And, um, I, I guess, I guess I just kind of like, here we go. Like, let's see what's going to happen. So they brought out, you know, one or two and, and the first day, uh, one mare gelding comes out. He did great. I do join up. I tack them. I do some long lining and then I get on them. Usually if they have, because off the track thoroughbreds, you can go a lot quicker with them because they may not know how to stop, go and turn, but at least they've had a saddle on and a rider on. It, it would well, have been a little different. It was six Mustangs right out of the range, right? Yeah, yeah, no, so. no, no, yeah no. <laughs> totally different. So, so that's, that's, but I wanted people to see kind of what I do with an off the track thoroughbred because they will very clearly tell you what is okay and what is not okay. And you can learn to read them by the way that they behave during certain moments. Okay. So an example, this one gelding, I brought him in and, and you guys realize that they went from the racetrack to a pasture, to an expo with loudspeakers and people <laughs> and bleachers and all is it was it was a very big environment for these horses it was a big environment for me so the first one comes out and i was able to do saddle uh, i was able to do join up the long lining the saddle and i didn't feel like this horse was quite ready to get on in this environment i thought well we'll just wait a day or two so i bellied it i had a, a the mounting block over there and i hopped up on on his belly my friend larissa who was instrumental in the whole weekend was leading me around on her and on him. And of course, Debbie Laux, Monty's daughter was with us and she was videotaping everything and unbeknownst to me, live streaming everything. <laughs> I did not know that was happening. You didn't know she was posting videos constantly? No. And the ones she live streamed were like the worst ones of the whole thing. <laughs> so the next, so that horse I was able to do. Now, this is where I think that the lesson of every horse is going to tell you something. And this is why I'm, I'm glad I do it the exact same every single time. Next horse comes out and she seems all right. You know, I do a join up with her, get a nice join up and, and, you know, join up is causing the horse to want to be with you. And then it's so much easier to do things if the horse wants to be with you, if they find you the safe place. So I get a nice join up you know, I, I you rub their vulnerable areas, which is like along the top of their back and under their belly and on their flanks, like all the places like, you know, the cats would go and the dogs would go just to make sure that you can touch those areas. And then I go around and I pick up her front foot and pick up her back feet on both sides. Totally normal. I go and I put the saddle on her, put the girth on her. And when I first saddle them up and girth them, I send them away just to make sure that they're, you know, it, 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 some of these horses, it had been quite a while. This mare was like 13 or 11 or something. I, she was older. And, um, so that's fine. And, uh, I go put the, everything is fine. Like nothing is wrong. And I go and I put the long line over the top and I hook it up. And then I put the long line on the other side. And then what happens is I send them away, stepping away from them, um, out of the kick zone and they are supposed to go forward. And then I've got long lines on them. You know, I'm driving like line, just driving a horse, but I'm on the ground. So Glenn, I step away and I send her forward. Holy mother of God. <laughs> This mare, did you see this video? No, I didn't. Oh my God. I have never seen a horse more violently opposed to a line on its side. She kicked and kicked and kicked 
kicked and kicked, kicked the line out of my How far exactly pain. were you away from her? I'm in the middle of the round pin. Uh, far enough? Just tell me it was far enough and you don't have a black I eye. Okay. I was far enough. No, <laughs> okay. I, if she made contact, you would be dead. <laughs> this mare. So I finally was able to like kind of get her corralled and I took the lines off. But I was like, you know, she's got to experience a line going around her. One of the things that the the girl and who, who had been riding these horses or some of them trying to get them prepped, you know, thinking she had to have trained horses. She's like, you know, she just really like... She she doesn't understand what the bridle means and she curls her head and she just like a spaghetti noodle. And I was like, ah, oh, that's what line driving is for. We can figure that out. That's no problem. So I just hooked a line up to her halter and just kept making her go the opposite direction. So it she would feel it on her side. And usually after a minute or two, they're fine. Not this one. Oh my God. <laughs> kicked and kicked. It. She kicked the line in all my experience. I've only had the line kicked out of my hand once. This mare kicked the line again. This is a 30 foot line. She had the accuracy. She could kick a fly off a wall at 20 <laughs> feet away. I am not kidding you. So she kicked the line out of my hands probably 30 to 40 times. And it would get wound up, get under her tail, and she'd spin herself around, freaking out. And then finally it would drop down. I would pick it up again and we'd do it again. I must have, she, I had such a crowd at the end of this one. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Those because cowboys were was, loving that. <laughs> oh my God. She was kicking the round pin walls, which is a like a, it was almost like wooden pallet, some type round pin. She was kicking the wall so much. I think people came over just to see if she was going to kick it actually down and get away. Um, oh my God. That was gosh. like a big so, announcement. Something is fun is happening over in the ring. <laughs> Train wreck is so, happening. We got to go watch. Well, I just, so finally at the end thing, I was like, well, you know, this is kind of part of training horses. And especially I'm like rescue horses don't come with a bio, you know, there's no, it's, it's you see a horse in a kill pen. You're like, I'm going to buy that or an auction horse or a rescue horse, you know, they don't come with a bio. So if you do all these things in this way, they will very clearly communicate like this horse has had a leg tied up or something really horrible has happened. And you know what? There's a huge scar on her left hind. Mm. So maybe something happened really bad. I mean, obviously something did. Cause I said, so I told everybody, I was like, I'll just work her at the end of the day, every day. And we'll do this exact same thing. And by Sunday, she's going to be just fine to line drive. And I'll tell you that she was not <laughs> fine to line drive by the end of the weekend. I read some psych serious psychological damage happened to this poor mare. So she went back to the was rescue. Was she chestnut, um, by the way? No, she was a bay mare. Oh, okay. And oddly <laughs> enough, the, the the funny story is when I look, I looked at them, all of them up and to see how much they'd raced and everything. And I looked at this mare and I was like, sweet, sweet surprise. Born in Arizona. I know that mare. A neighbor of mine bred this mare oh, in really? Arizona. Really? Yes. And so I was like, I messaged her. I was like, Stacy, this mare, this this foal of yours is here at this rescue in this demo in Arizona and in North Dakota. I'm like, and she's living <laughs> at a rescue. I this is before I'd even worked her. I was like, if you are interested in finding out more or taking care of her, or just want to know, I'd love to ask questions crickets mm. and i've seen her posting on facebook through the weekend so i was pretty bummed that nobody she didn't respond maybe she didn't get the message or i don't know she but she knew about the mayor and she didn't want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> she want no part of it so but that's the only real unsuccessful story that we had i i got to sit on Four of the six, one ended up being a little foot sore. So we ended up just doing a little walking and long lining with him. I had an amazing listener who was there. Her name is Kendra oh, and yeah. she had a horse cash, Kendra Wyland, and she is awesome. She came out and she did a long lining demo and a jumping clinic. I had one, I did it. Like I said, people could sign up for these clinics. So I had some people could do the join up clinic. And so then I would bring the horses out and, and demonstrate straight join up and let somebody else do it. And then I would do a long lining clinic. And again, the other five horses were very lovely. I mean, just all a, a couple four-year-olds that were so calm. And so I was able to use them in long lining. Kendra came out and did, I, I got to ride her horse in this like 
kind of like before the Gladius show, I had to ride cash out into the arena while they were introducing me, which was exciting. I was going just fine until the little mini stallion wouldn't let cash past. <laughs> um, other th- they were like, and Jamie Jennings. And Jamie and Jennings. Can't come in because there's a mini stud cult uh, that is uh, attempting to kill cash. And cash thinks he's going to die and is part of the Gladius show. And so it's like this like circus pony. <laughs> cash, that was scary. But I ended up doing that. And that was really fun. Um, how before you get to that, I, I have some other questions about the fair itself. But uh, before you get to that, so by the time you were at the end of the three days with the horses that were cooperative, um, were, first of all, did anybody sit in? Did you see any faces there that were watching that kind of came out all three times to see it? Uh yeah, yeah. There were. There was probably a group of ten that weren't together, but that came to every one of my clinics. Because that's, you know, it's like Road to the Horse. That's where you really appreciate watching what happens over that period of time. And in such Mm -hmm. a short period of time, what you can accomplish. Yeah. 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 Well, it it was really fun to see a lot of the same people. And so as I started going, you know what? Um, You. Anybody want to come out here and long line this four-year-old baby racehorse? Anybody? And uh, the first day I had probably, uh, I had an adult come out and do it. And then a kid wanted to. And I was like, oh, what the heck? It was like a 10-year-old girl. So she came out and she did it. And then, you know, our listener, Chantel, who lives in North yeah, Dakota. Yeah. It's not her fault that I, that yeah, she I did was her, this. <laughs> she was the reason you were there. Her seven-year-old daughter long lined a four-year-old wow. baby racehorse. So did, I got to have. Did both you have them sign liability releases? Oh, I'm not responsible no, for that. I'm okay. That's your job. <laughs> she, she said she wouldn't have trusted anybody else with her child but me. I don't know why. I mean, I guess Lucas is still around, so she must have seen that success. But it was really fun. So one of the clinics I did was introduction to dressage and jumping, and Morgan, who was running the uh, Bowman horses, I said, "Do you want to know?" Shocker! Nobody in North Dakota signed up for an introduction to dressage and jumping clinic. Really? Because it, it's a Western. I am shocked, to be there. honest. I, I am so shocked. Stay seated because <laughs> you don't have to get up. Yeah. It was so I had Morgan come out, and the first day I had her ride this little spicy chestnut and um, just started with, I, I was just teaching people how you can slowly introduce your horse to jumping, right? So just one pole and the mare would go over the pole and would kind of zip away afterwards. And I said, we're just going to do this until she can walk over one pole because you can't jump a fence with a horse that won't walk calmly over one pole. So I just talked about the, the incremental aspect of just slowly but surely one at a time. And then we went to walking over two poles and then we went to walking over three and we trotted the one, then trotted the two, and trotted the three. And then I did a, like a half cross rail and then a pull to a, a half cross rail and then a full cross rail. You know, you get the idea. It's just everything is very incremental. And the second lesson with this spicy chestnut mare, she was doing a bounce to a two six vertical at the end. <laughs> it was absolutely awesome. And Kendra came out and she did the jumping lesson and, and clinic at the end. And it was really cool because she, Kendra, I'm going to tell on you right now. She said, I, I came up to her after the lesson and she was talking to her mom and she was crying. And I'm like, Oh, oh. crap. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie hurt the kid. Uh, I did. Well, Kendra, she's, she's an adult. So I just said, what is wrong? And she said, I just, I haven't, I had a bad wreck last time I jumped and I've been scared to do it ever since. Uh, and what you did just gave me confidence. And um, uh, like I, it was so cool. Did you get so- any other compliments from the Cowboys? Did any of them talk to you after the sessions? Um, the other clinicians, the lady named Elsabee was a clinician and she was delightful. I really liked her and John Hobdy. They both were kind of North Dakota locals that train horses. And I really was impressed by them. Uh, what was not impressive is maybe we should talk in the post show. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should. If you're saying that, let's just wait for the post show with that. Chelsea will be joining us then. We could talk about that. So I I just. Go ahead. I have some other questions about the fair in general. So okay. was it well attended, the whole fair? Yeah, there was people everywhere every yeah. day. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, it seems like the, at night it, there was a line around the building to waiting in line to get in for the Gladius show. Um, was that, did was you watch the, it? Did you watch the Gladius show? Uh, you know, I watched the first probably 20 minutes with uh, Debbie and Larissa, but every clinic I did was an hour long yeah, you were and tired. I did four a day and I just couldn't talk. And then I would talk to people about their horses. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I was so tired and I couldn't talk and Gladys didn't until like 10 30. And I'm like, <laughs> no, Bedtime. I, can't. I can't. So I'm like, ladies, we'll watch the first 20 minutes and then I'm gone. And, well, and, and so- the other thing too, is I was checking on your weather and it looked to be 70 degrees and perfect every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm the queen of this never happens. <laughs> Oklahoma living here, all I heard is this never happens. This never happens. It was it 107 was, the one day I checked. It was 107 degrees on Thursday, Friday. How were Saturday. you not dying in that ring? Well, the uh, it, it, you could, you would have had to cancel it, but oh my God, everything was air conditioned. Really? Oh, indoors. In everything. North Dakota? Yes, because apparently they have, Chantel was telling me, like, it's like a Mediterranean climate at times. Like, it can be super cold, and then it gets super hot in July, usually. But never happens like this in June. Oh, it never happens. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy hot. Like You, you would have died. Time. They would have had to cancel it. You would have, no way you would have been able to do that 107. No way. 107 with humidity. I with mean, it's... thoroughbreds. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, it was funny. Like I was, I was the one in riding pants and tall boots and with these crazy kite flying thoroughbreds and everybody else was, you know, in their Wranglers with their Western spurs clanking around with their cowboy hats on. And then, and then there was me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that surprised you about the affair? Hmm. Anything that surprised me, you know, honestly, I was surprised at how well attended it was. And how, because I just thought it's... it's you thought you were going to have five people watching because, you know, who yeah, cares about the English I mean, girl? Yeah, You know, the morning show, the morning, I probably had 25 to 30 people, you know, and the join-up ones were probably the, the best attended. I would say that I did my worst ever join-up with any horse ever in the record of history of the world was the worst <laughs> join-up, which was the spicy chestnut mare that they just, you know, I, I go from asking these horses to be on the racetrack, then to the pasture and then to come out here. And it, it, attention was just really, really hard. Um, one of Debbie the probably filmed that and posted it everywhere. So she did. <laughs> she, she had this what she live streamed and all these people on like the Monty Roberts page were like, who is that? She's awful. Like she's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you've just stopped live stream. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so it was, it was entertaining. I feel like the ones that were live streamed were the worst, but I had some really, really nice moments with some really nice horses. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. The, the, the crowning moment. And I guess probably when you ask what the most surprising thing is, Glenn, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you. Okay. Six thoroughbreds came to the, the, the expo. Five got adopted. Really? And wait, wait a minute. Hold the stop. You took five home with you? <laughs> no, <laughs> but there's two of them I would have. <laughs> oh my gosh. People, I remember it's Sunday afternoon and I am putting a horse in a trailer and this lady goes, I, I, I don't, I didn't like plan to come home with a horse i can't believe i'm coming home with a horse what am i doing coming home with this horse <laughs> she's like, i'm like you brought your trailer obviously you were thinking about it she's like no i camped in it all weekend i, I did not intend to take a horse home <laughs> like well congratulations there was you are the queen of, of getting horses adopted girl oh my gosh i was so happy i was so thrilled you know i just let me guess which um, one didn't get adopted yeah yeah she wasn't quite ready for, uh, for a home <laughs> She's, um, she's they're her. shipping her down to you for the next six years to get her going. You know, and that's that's the honest approach I had to take was, you know, this mare needs at least three months of this. Now, apparently, <laughs> Monty saw the video oh, and watched no. the video oh, no. and has some further suggestions. Uh, I bet for he me. does. Monty always does. <laughs> So, but did I he see any of the good he, videos? Did he see? Anything? Yes, I apparently okay. saw the Friday. You know, I Debbie called him on uh, Friday morning, and we were in the car, and she's like, uh, "Dad, I've got Jamie right here," and he's like, "Jamie, 
How's it going? I'm like, it's like 100 degrees in North Dakota. Everything's good. He goes, I hear you're going to be training thoroughbreds at an expo. I said, yes. And his words of wisdom for me were, hey, don't get hurt. <laughs> so uh, did, we're on a learning excursion here. Jennifer and I are learning how to do this. So when we go out for five weeks, we don't screw up five weeks worth of shows. What did you learn? Do, you know, did you take away? You don't have to tell us even what they are. But did you take away some things that doing your next expo, you'll be better at it, you think? So I wouldn't have packed so many clothes because I wore the same damn thing every <laughs> single day. And I have like, and then I had to take all the long lines and the saddle and my suitcase. So all the rest of my clothes I have to wash because they all smell like horse sweat and urine, you know, because the <laughs> stupid lines got cut on the mare's tail and she peed all over. It was it's, it's bananas. But so was, I wouldn't have brought so much. But what did I learn? Um, I got really frustrated and and pretty down at one point pretty low at one point after watching uh, a clinician who had three students in their clinic proceed to tell them that you know if you're a horse and you're the dominant horse in the herd and there's a horse at the water trough and you want to get to that water trough mm, do you walk around that coming. horse yeah no, you don't walk around that horse. You walk through that horse. So when you're walking into your horses, they should get out of your way. So they have the big carrot, the big stick string thing, and you just walk where you want to walk. And I saw three people proceed to just hit their horse in the face with a stick to get them to. Uh, and so I, I, I'm like, I. I Did can't. somebody muzzle you at that point? Were you. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't, like, I don't understand why it's so important to chase the horse's hips away from you and have them turn and face you with their two eyeballs because then you can't approach them with the saddle. So why? So I, I ended up asking this clinician later. I'm like, Can Oh, I no, you didn't talk to the clinician, did you? I talked oh, to him. Oh, no. Larissa was sitting with I me. I didn't get I'm a call like, for bail, so I guess it didn't go too fast. <laughs> I finally just, I, 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 he said, uh, I said, why, why do you chase the horse's hips away from you? He goes, it relaxes them. I said, help. How does that relax them? Chasing their hips away and having them stare at you. And, and I said, because like my experience, horses that are trained like that, I, I can't walk up to them with a saddle because they turn their hips away. And he goes, well, it's all about intention. I was like, my intention was to put this saddle <laughs> on the horse. And he's like, well, obviously somebody didn't train it right. Oh. Well, you're the one that oh. was doing the training. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, because I've had one horse trained in the method that he trains in. Anyway, I, I, I think my heart broke a little bit for mm. some of the other horses to see uh, that, 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 that's taught to just walk into your horse's face with a giant stick. And if it doesn't get out of your way, hit it. And I felt like I was watching these girls take out their, their personal aggression and their own personal agenda to, to these, to these horses. And, and it really, that one really hurt my heart I, a little I, bit. I, um, I have to tell you, I, I, there's a very, very, very famous clinician that I had a private conversation with once. And, uh, I won't even say whether it was he or she, uh, said that they do not watch any other sessions when they go to these things. Okay. That is when you were saying, what did I learn? That was my mm. thing was I learned, I can't watch, you know, I watched, um, John Hovda and Elsa B do a cult starting thing. And it was, it was fun. It was fun to watch them with this little, uh, unstarted cult. And they were in there like leading it around and putting a rope. I just, it was really, that was fine. That was nice. But watching people hit horses in the face and being told, you're the boss, you're in charge, you move that horse, you better to, the horse get attacked than you get attacked. You show it to his Like, I, I can't believe that that is still taught. And to, 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 you know what, if your horse isn't moving its hip away hard enough, hit it with the stick and then just rub it away. Hit it with, but you're not rubbing anything away. They haven't forgotten. You just hit them with a stick. And I could not, like, oh, it was, it was, that was really hard for me to watch. And so then I started being the clinician who was like, 
Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jamie Jennings from uh, I'm a certified Monty Roberts instructor. We believe in no violence, no whips, <laughs> no whips. We don't hit anything. I also did not bring trained horses to the demo today. I brought horses that are coming from a rescue, which, by the way, are up for adoption at the end of the weekend. So, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to ask the horse to want to be with me. It's so much easier. I said, nobody has the right to say you must or I will hurt you. Let me repeat that for the people in the back. No one has the right to say you must or I will hurt you. Thank you very much. And I am not being <laughs> passive aggressive at all right now. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And so that clinician that I talked about talked a little bit, uh, said, because I would say I am not a professional clinician. I do not do expos. This is my first. I am a horse trainer. I do not demonstrate. And that particular clinician later on, I went in his made sure to say, I am a professional clinician <laughs> and I do expos all the time. I was like, okay. I love how you two had a pissing match. That's great. That's the whole time, like, <laughs> oh God, just why are you hitting your horse in the Face. All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end on a happy note, and the happy note is that you five were, got adopted. Five Amazing. got adopted, and that you were there. You were there telling the other side of the story, and some of those people are gonna walk away going, "Yes, I'd rather do that than hit my horse in the face." So uh, that's the happy note there. Uh, no, I said, and this was like, good for you. This whole thing was good for you to do. No, uh, I, I told Larissa, I was like, I'm not doing this again. This is sucks. I just, I don't, I don't oh, you're like doing this. It again. You're doing it again because you have to do it again. And see, that's what she said. She said, we're <laughs> at the airport leaving. She goes, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. <laughs> she was like, you have to do this. Yeah. You have to help people. This is people. why you, you trained. You know that this is a thing that you don't have to be violent. And she, and she saw the guy tell everybody to hit everybody in the face too. And she's like, you have to do this. She goes, what if Monty had decided not to do it? And I said, well, Monty was made to do it by the queen of England. So there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you have a letter from the queen. It's almost the same. Uh, and who do you think's going to take over training the queen's horses when Monty's not here anymore? Lord, I bet Joanna in Wales, she'd be really good at that. <laughs> Well, thank you for the story. How, uh, we're going to have Jamie back, actually, on her own show, in the post-show. And we're going to have Auditor Chelsea join us a little bit later. But in the meantime, Jennifer and I are going to share with you a little about our misadventures. Oh, in, my God, uh, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> well, of course, our show, as always, is brought to you by Stateline Tech. If you go to Stateline Tech right now, I managed to bring up that website with a very slow internet <laughs> you, we you, have out here. You clicked on the link about 15 minutes ago, yeah. and there it is now. <laughs> there it Amazing. is. It just came up. They're really highlighting their pest control products, and they have a bunch of them from fly sheets to repellent spray to masks and uh, boots and, and even also, vaccines. Even because vaccines. hello, that's flies, right. Biting insects can carry diseases, so you need your vaccines. So I did notice that they they do have really good prices on their uh, fly sprays and things, and they have pages and pages. The selection is incredible. I just went into fly sprays, and it's loading, and there's like two or three pages of just different kinds of fly sprays. It is amazing the number of fly sprays are in the world. And it's funny how what a fly spray that works at your house might not work at your neighbor's house. Do you, you know? remember there was a fly spray that came out when we had our tax shop in the 1990s? It had just started. It was called Zonkit. I remember Zonkit because it smelled like baby powder. And we sold online cases, cases, cases of, of Zonkit. Zonkit because it's gone up in price a bit. It was really cheap back <laughs> it then. It was really yeah. cheap back then. It was then. the Bronco of its day. Yes, it was, yeah. but not anymore. But Zonkit is still around. I can't believe Zonkit's still around. I didn't cannot say it's that. going to work for you. And it and I did get some recently, and it oh, doesn't did? it doesn't smell like baby powder anymore. They, they changed the they formula. changed this. Yeah, that was probably toxic or something. But, um, <laughs> it's got a cute bottle and a lovely name, but yeah, you know it does. You can go to State Line Tack and and find what if your favorite fly spray is not in there. Um, you have a favorite fly spray that's not for horses or something because they have about a jillion. And fly sheets and things like that. We did see a heck of a lot of flies uh, when we went into the woods of South Carolina <laughs> near Aiken. Black flies. flies everywhere. So flies. you can get your fly sheets and all that fly control stuff over at StatelineTech.com. Head on over there and check it out today. I noticed they also had some Gatsby products at 20% off. You can uh, take a look at those as well. StatelineTech.com. 
Well, now uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our trip. For the, and I got a lot of good reaction from Monday's show that we did on the road. And so we were still in Aiken when we had a chance to head over to do an interview after after we recorded the show at Aiken Saddlery. We headed they kept over. us running. I think yeah, they we, did. We spent the entire day interviewing people. We it was did. crazy. We're, We'll talk about some of our thoughts at the end of the show about how, uh, things we're learning along the way. <laughs> but uh, the driving in, or, or we went after we did our morning show, and we went to outside of Aiken to a place where all the carriage drivers seem to hang out. Is it Hancock Woods? Hitchcock Woods? No, that's a different place. It's all a different place. This is Dead Dog Forest is where we went. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we, we go out there, and our friend Mickey had set up a carriage ride with Nilda and Michael Burke. And we're going to just go right to the carriage ride now. And you guys are going to love hearing the pair of horses pulling the carriage because you can really hear it here. So, guys, where are we driving? We're actually driving right now. We're in the back of a carriage. And where are we? We're in the, um, we're in the pine forest belonging to the Christensen family, um, some local people from Aiken County. And they... Um, utilize this land for pine straw production so periodically all the trees get cut down and harvested for wood but it takes about 25 years for that to happen so they plant a whole new section and it grows for a period of time then they harvest the pine straw for a period of time and then they cut it down and start over again it's pretty it's pretty cool i was so worried it looked like when they cut down one large area about six years ago it looked like, uh, you know, a bomb had been bombed or something. It was just horrible. But now it's, it's beautiful, beautiful now. again. The yeah. trees are up. You maybe about even... 20 feet tall by right now. They yeah. are, that's pretty amazing how fast they grow up. The owner told me uh, that it would take six years, and he was exactly right. And the cool part is that you have carriage paths all the way through here. Now, we have to tell everybody, what kind of carriage are we on, and what are we being pulled by? Well, the carriage is a Voskamp Hall, a Polish carriage, just a, just a carriage, it's not a competition carriage, it's just a, for out riding. The horses, one is a Cheval Canadian and one is a, from Iowa. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> 57 from Iowa. Is there, uh, Cheval Canadians, are there a lot of those? Um, we're under 2,500, I think. Right wow. Now. It's a national horse of Canada, but they are um, a rare breed. And are they used for driving mostly? They, they came over with Louis the Fourteenth sent them over, yeah. I believe. And so they, they've been in the Americas for a very long time. 16th, 16th century. But they, um, they did everything. That was the beauty of them. They, you could plow the field, just like the Morgan horse. You could plow the field with them during the day and, and use them on your carriage. They were never as big as this initially. And a, a lot of them were uh, crossbred with draft horses. Uh, over time, but everyone in Canadian, uh, if you want to register it in Canada, it has to have a microchip, and it has and it and it has to be tested to DNA see tested. DNA tested to see what percentage pure it is. And this guy on the left is about ninety-seven percent pure, whatever well, that means. What <laughs> <laughs> well, if you all hear noises in the background, that is because you hear the carriage and you hear the horses in front of us, and it's just starting to try and rain on us here in the forest. But it is forest. How big is it? There's nobody around. <laughs> well, this this side of the road is 400 and something, and the other side of the road is about the same. But he has a lot of area, so there's about 800 here, but he has several holdings around big acreage. Well, you can drive for a while in this forest. Oh, miles. And the roads are all made up for carriages. So many of the roads through the forests in Ocala are only horse. You could never take a carriage. Well, this is many thanks to Lisa Singer, who moved here probably about 12 or 13 years ago. And, and she, she's a famous carriage driver as she well. She is. She's an international driver and trainer. And Lisa made contact with Ben Christensen, and he agreed to let us drive in the forest because people were coming, this is hard to believe, but people were coming in and stealing the pine straw. Uh, so, because really? because it is a it's a it's a commodity and it's valuable. A very tiny tiny bale is worth five dollars if you go to buy it in the store. So they're used for mulch. Anyways, 
throughout time, Lisa has made more and more and more trails, and all the residents in the surrounding area who drive and ride their horses here, they um, take the trails and come out in the summer. They clear back the brush and keep them wide and mow them and whatever is necessary. This is great. It's fantastic. I would love driving out here. Oh, and now we're trotting, so you're going to hear that a little bit. You definitely hear the horses now. I'll just be quiet. So tell us a little bit. We're in the town of Windsor, right? Yes. And this is outside of Aiken, about, what, 15 miles. And this has become kind of a little carriage community, hasn't it? It really is. And, and again, I... I chalk it up to the fact that Lisa located her farm here because and there was such great driving we looked when we wanted, decided to move to Aiken we looked around at many different parts of the county and in the end we decided that because of these trails that's this is where we wanted to be and it's been it's like living in paradise it really is we just absolutely love our neighbors it's a people of a similar age and they're they're all generous they're all friendly I, I think if any one of my neighbors needed something or if I needed something for them they would be here in a heartbeat well this is fantastic the other thing we are literally in the middle of, of hundreds of acres of forest and there's road names on all the crossroads yes there are <laughs> who named the roads did in Lisa? the beginning, uh, it started out with, I think, Bev Lesher, Lisa Singer, Shelley Temple. Those are all names in driving. Uh, probably had them all in the Several others, I, I don't know. Yeah. And they all decided, as a remembrance of their favorite deceased dogs, they would start naming them. The so all these road names are after deceased dogs? Yes. So Every, this is the dead dog forest? This yep. is the dead <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just named your forest the dead dog forest. <laughs> oh, God. Well, thank you guys for taking us out today. We really appreciate it. This is fun. So it's not really called dead dog uh, forest, but <laughs> uh, so you, there you heard what it was called. And it's not really called that, but I'm going to call it that forever. For now, now forever. Yeah. So it was a lovely ride, and after the carriage ride, we headed back into town, and we had a lovely dinner party at Chris's, and it, uh, where we were staying. Oh, we had barbecue! The, yes, yes, that was we, lots of fun. Yeah. We got to meet all of our pickleball friends. Yes, so it was it was absolutely beautiful. We've had the most beautiful camping spots anybody ever ever had. This beats <laughs> any campground in the world. We're staying at these farms with beautiful views and scenery, and everyone's been a little different. So the first farm. In Georgia, where we stayed, was was a you know it, it was a horse farm, but it had a different feel. Well, it was a brand new horse farm because Alex and her husband haven't been there very long, so they haven't had a chance to develop the horse aspect of it. It's beautiful. I love the house. It was yeah. a mid-century modern house that she they had there. So they put up the fencing and a run-in for the horses, so they could live there in the backyard. But they hadn't put the barn up yet, and I was kind of bummed that we didn't get to geek out on barn design because we ran out of time. So it had a, it had that fresh new. It, it's a, you're right. It's a different vibe because it didn't have all of the established things there yet. It just had happy horses eating grass. And we were out in a field overlooking the beautiful pond and the birds. Yeah, and, and it was it was kind of nice. Was, yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. Then the second stop we made was in Aiken, and we were set up at this beautiful, gorgeous dressage yeah. farm. And we were in front of the rose bushes, in front of the gorgeous barn with the nice stalls and the whole thing. And then uh, we were overlooking the dressage field there. Now, uh, and then today we are sitting up on top of a hill because Southern Pines is hilly and overlooking all the pastures with the thousand ponies. I mean, it is ponies really everywhere cool. you look. Everywhere. And it's really hot in the summertime. So everywhere you look, you have to look under the trees around the edges of the fields. And you go, you look and you go, oh, there's 16 ponies standing down there under the trees. And then you look at the next field. Oh, there's all the ponies hiding under the trees. And when we came in last night, we saw. A great big herd of white-tailed deer. So that was kind of fun. And there are doggies everywhere. Doggies, a lot of doggies <laughs> at this stop, and a lot of kitties, which we'll talk and about. Doggies of every size, shape, color, variety, 
smell. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> so let's hear from our hosts here. Uh, this is Katie and Randy Cadwell, as I said, world champion drivers. And also, you're going to hear what else they have here in just a second. So I am standing here with Katie Cadwell, and all of you know her because she's been coming on with Dr. Wendy and I on the Driving Radio Show for 10 years doing driving training tips. And I am standing on your deck, and let's describe the scene. We are overlooking your dressage ring, your barns, and your 4,000 horses. Hi, Katie. Hi. It's not 4,000 horses. I can't tell you exactly how many, but it's not 4,000. I asked Katie earlier, how many horses do you have? And she gave me the Mary Kitzmiller answer, which was... Eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Our father would ask us and we would always answer him, yes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have horses. It's okay. So, Katie, let, let me ask you something. You've been to nine world championships in driving, you and your sister. Yes. Between you. Yes. And we're going to talk to your sister, but we're going to talk to her in a bit, uh, not about driving, because yeah. there's something else we're going to talk to her about. But of all those nine trips, mostly to Europe, right? Yes. Yeah. All of Europe. No, my very first world championships was at Gladstone in 1993. In in New Jersey? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I, did, I didn't know they had them here then. Yes. So out of all of those, which was your most memorable? Oh, uh, I think they all have their own memories. But, um, well, of course, if you're counting both of us, the most memorable was the one that Randy won her world championships at. And was she driving a single or pair? She was driving a pair of ponies, and it was in Denmark. And it was a great world championships, and everything just... This was a CDE? This was uh, was dressage, and then cross-country, or, you know, marathon, and then cones. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then I think of all the ones that I've driven, actually, it's probably not a world championships, but I loved showing in Windsor. Oh, well... Queen was watching. (laughs) Yes, of course. And Prince Philip. He used to ride his little motor scooter around and follow us and talk to us while we were out walking hazards. It was fantastic. Oh, that's great. And then I really loved, um, in Germany, uh, Riesenbeck. Oh, I hear a lot about Riesenbeck. Why why do you like it? Uh, They have jumpers and dressage, and there's always a lot going on. So it's a really fun show. Yeah, but Windsor must have been special. Windsor was very special. Both of us have shown at Windsor, and it it is an amazing facility right below the castle. And again, it has a lot of other things going on, so there's always something to do. Do you ever meet the Queen? I did not because I did not win, (laughs) and only the winner does. So only Prince Philip for me. And you met Prince Philip a few times. Yes, a few times. He actually gave me my uh, award in 1993. I was the only girl to place on the marathon. Oh, wow. So I placed, I think, uh, 12th on the marathon uh, or top 10. I just know it was, I was the only girl in the lineup and he thought that was just fantastic. So (laughs) when he gave me my ribbon, he just had to stop and chat and say how great it was. And I was driving these big 17 one hand Dutch horses at the time. So, and it was a muddy day and it was when we went 26 kilometers. So as of the long old days when uh, dr- when CDEs were like the old style of venting in the long format. Yes. And crazy. Yes. <laughs> the carriages just, were not made for it. <laughs> no, you just wanted to live through the, the day. <laughs> yeah. So you're known for driving ponies, you and your sister. So yes. what kind of ponies? So Randy drives German riding ponies, and I have driven ponies. So they're pretty close to the 14 hand, 14 and a half? 14-2. 14 and three quarters? Yes, <laughs> right up there. But I usually drive horses because we decided for the family dynamic, it would be better if she showed ponies and I showed horses. Oh, so you're not competing directly against each other? We try not to. Because you guys live in the same property. And yes. Uh, one of you owns guns, so that <laughs> would be bad. <laughs> so what kind of horses? So I always had Dutch horses. I liked the Dutch and uh, the, the royal... Dutch breed, KWPN. I was very happy with them. And they were just fun to drive. And your dad was a driver, which is how you got into this. Tell everybody your first competition. Now, let's explain to non-drivers. Most people's first competition is a single pony or a single horse. And they go to the competition and that's what they compete first, right? Yes. But And what did you compete first in your first competition? How old were you? Um... 
I don't know. I think it was probably high school, and I had a couple really nice event horses at the time. But our father had a four in hand and a coach. So we did all the Newport, Saratoga fun things, but we always helped him with his horses. He, he did not come to horses early in life, so we always helped him. And I got the bright idea that it would be fun to go to the Laurels with a four in hand as my first Your show. Your first competition as a teenager with four horses. Yes, and there was no training level then. <laughs> How'd it go? Uh, well, actually, dressage was fine. We looked really pretty. We made it through the test. Uh, marathon, I may have gotten hung up a few times. And of course, my father and my sister were on the carriage with me. And rule-wise, we weren't all together, sure. But he did get on and off the carriage quite a few times, which <laughs> creates more penalties. But it was okay because he had packed an entire harness in our spares kit in case we had a problem. So you're not competing right now because you have a lot of, a lot of little ones out here, a lot of little babies. Yes, we've been breeding and our German riding pony and a couple of really nice mares. So we have some youngsters that are just coming up. Um, we train a lot of people. I have people here in training, horses, ponies. But right now, we're on the sidelines. Why Southern Pines? Why do you like Southern Pines? Uh, we have driven all over the world, different places in Germany and Holland and England. And I have to say, this is the best driving. It is a horse community. You can go through everyone's farm. It's open. It's beautiful. And we have our whole 15,000-acre foundation, if we want to drive in it, that is strictly Which is for almost horse. Which is almost right? Yes, yeah. strictly for horse sports. And you have this weird little community of farms back this dirt road that almost killed our camper. Uh, but it is, it, it, you're all drivers back here? No, we have eventers, and um, there are quite a few drivers, but really, honestly, we're only four miles from town. I know, but it seems like like you're just out in the middle of nowhere, and you're only four miles from town. I know. We love it. It's like we're hidden away, and we're out in the middle of our own fields and green pastures, and but we can get to town in a few minutes. What makes this different than Ocala, and even Aiken, is you do have hills here, which is kind of nice. Yes, we do. And, and uh, you know, as you would guess, a lot of pine trees. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of pine trees. It is southern pines. Yeah. As we were coming up, the trees changed from, like, oaks and things, and then we started seeing just nothing but pines. It was like, okay, we're getting close. We should be there soon. Well, thank you for joining me today, and thank you for joining us every month for the last 10 years. Yay! Appreciate it. Now, it's been fun. let's get your sister Randy up here, because there's something we have to talk to her about, because she has a new hobby. Come we're here, talk Randy. About. And apparently it's one that you, you wish you'd found a long time ago, and you wouldn't even have gotten into horses. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Randy Hello. Cadwell. So, we show up here, and you have a cattery here. Yes, I do. Is that an official word? Yes, it is. It is. So, what it's does cattery mean? It, a woman with a ton of cats? Yes, yes, it does. It means you are a crazy cat <laughs> lady. Okay. 100%. Now, you're a smart crazy cat lady because you actually sell your cats for lots of money. Yes. So tell everybody what kind of cats you have. I have um, European Maine Coon cats. They call them Euros because they are completely different than American Maine Coon cats. They're much bigger. They have bigger heads. They have very square noses. They have giant ear tufts. And a lot of them are from Russia, right? Russia I happen to, yes. There are a very, there are a lot of very well-bred Maine Coon cats in Russia. So I've imported um, five Maine Coon cats from Russia. Oh, wow. That's cool. So the one you had me hold, Daddy. Rufus. Yeah. Weighs at least 30 pounds. <laughs> He only weighs 25. He's the biggest cat I've ever seen. <laughs> he is a big kitty. Oh, my God. And these these are different because of their faces. Yes. They have very, very expressive faces and very... People always think they look grumpy because mm. they have eyebrows and they have noses that stick out and they just sort of look grumpy all the yeah, time. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah. Grumpy cat could have been a Maine Coon, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so why did you decide on Maine Coons from Europe? Why are that? That's well, kind I've of always a, a specific thing. It is, it is. I've always loved Maine Coon cats, and when I was doing research on them, I found cats that I thought, "Wow, this is a very different looking Maine Coon cat." And then I learned that they called them Euro Maine Coon cats, and then I found out where to find them. So I went and hunted them down and got myself some Euro Maine Coon cats. <laughs> now, for you, it's a business, though. Uh, uh, well, yes, it is because I sell my kitties, and but it. 
it's sort of taking over from my breeding of horses. Yeah, I'm well, getting obsessed with color what, and I, I don't size. know if I'm allowed to say, but when I found out how much you sell your kitties for, <laughs> there's a reason that, first of all, they're smaller, they eat less, they poop in a, in a, in a specific spot that's much easier to clean up, and you sell them. And can, they, can, will, you, will you give away oh, how much you sell I have for? no problem, okay. because they also come, you know, three, four, five to eight in a litter. Instead of waiting 11 That's months true. for one I didn't even think pony. about that. You're right. You get a whole bunch of it at once. Yes, yes. Oh, it's $1,800 for a pet. Okay, that's a cat, people. A, a cat. A <laughs> it's cat. not a pony. That's yeah. a cat. I pay, take all of my ponies, and I didn't pay that much. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. A lot of people, that's the same. But don't you wish you had figured this out a long time ago? You could have given up ponies and just done cats. Yes, that's true. Now, you've converted half your house into the cattery, inside and At out. At least, yes. <laughs> yeah. At and least half. They have quite the play area there. Except I have to tell you, all of my cattery stuff has come from training ponies. Because I have a friend, and her husband can build things, and she has ponies that we drive. So I drive the ponies, uh, and he builds me he, things. And, and there's all kinds of climby things, and I mean 20 feet high. Cl- and yep. there's a cat looking at us from two cats two from the f- top of the 20-foot tower right there. <laughs> so this is really cool. I mean, Jennifer was looking forward to this so much because we haven't had a cat for a while. And she, I think she picked up every kitten. You have two batches of kittens, and they are tiny. Yes. they Well, they're giant for cats, but yes, they're tiny, tiny little kitties. kitties. Uh, they were so much It's fun. the best part. It is. It is the it best part. It is the best part. Uh, no, the best part. You sell kittens for $1,800. No, the best part is having the kittens <laughs> and playing with the kittens <laughs> and, then and then selling them. At six weeks old. Eight. eight no, they no. have to be 12 weeks old. Oh, 12. Okay. I keep them until they're 12 weeks old, so they're very mature oh, and they okay. can, you know. All right. So you can play yes. with them longer. They have good social graces with people and, Yeah. yeah. And you ship them all over the place. Yes, yes, we do. We ship them. Who buys them? Everyone. Yeah? I was shocked at who buys Maine Coon Cats, how much they pay for them. I mean, shocked. I have a 20 to 30 person waiting list for kittens. All right, so everybody out there wanting to buy an $1,800 cat, you're going to have to wait in line. Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) Well, this is fascinating. Thank you for... (laughs) No problem. Is there a website for the kitties? I love my kitties. Yes, TremontFarm.com. TremontFarm.com. And that's also for the ponies, too, if I remember right. Yes, it is. It is. So for both of them, you can find them there. Thank you guys for having us and for putting it. We we are parked, just to give you an idea, we have the RV parked on top of a hill overlooking the barns and about, uh, now Kitty would say it's 10, but it's more like 30 ponies, I think. So we're overlooking the whole farm. It's absolutely beautiful. And They're not all ours. We hear the frogs. In the pond down there. Yeah, hear the frogs going. And it's just, it's actually a beautiful night here in, in Southern Pines. It rained earlier, but it's cleared up and it's cooler and, and it's great. And there goes a the bat. It's why we live in Southern Pines. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. Well, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Equiderma. Equiderma wound ointment is a must-have in your medicine cabinet. It visibly amplifies wound healing, stops proud flesh from developing, minimizes scarring, reduces pain, and keeps flies out of wounds. You will find that with consistent use, you'll see noticeable progression of steady healing every day. Plus, it's a great treatment regimen for common skin rashes and sores. And we love Equiderma products. A lot of our listeners love Equiderma products. They're talking about it all the time in the auditor room. So you definitely need to give them a try. Go to Equiderma.com. That's Equiderma.com. So let's talk as we wrap up the show here today. And we will have a post-show with Jamie after, so hang around, auditors. But let's talk a little bit about our travels and what it's been like and what we've learned so far in this test trip for the big one coming up. What we've learned is um, code for what went wrong. (laughs) And one thing we've learned is patience. So we said this show, this trip is either going to be fun, it's going to be a disaster, or it's going to be disastrously fun, which has become the tagline for this trip. Yes. Uh, and so one of the things that's happened is they haven't had rain up here in about two months, and we brought it with us from Florida because it started raining before we left in Florida. And it's basically followed us, and half of every day has been raining. Approximately 50% of the time it's raining, yes. Yeah, and hot. It's and been hot. hot and rainy. And the the camper has been doing very well, except the first couple places we were hooked up, we were on 110 lines. And you can't, the one thing you can't run in the camper, you can run your fridge and all that stuff. We were plugged into their houses, but you can't run the air conditioner. So it's been a little warm and muggy in the and camper. And we're, we're 
we're used to air conditioning. We live in central Florida where yeah. pretty much everybody has it, but we're used to living in air conditioning. So we had fans going in, in here and stuff. And it it was, was survivable, but it's harder to sleep. If you're used to air conditioning and then you try to sleep without it, it your body's going, no! Plus, yeah. these windows, they open a little bit, and they're great. When it's raining, you can leave them open, but they also don't get a ton of airflow. So, And if it's pouring rain, you at least we could open them. See? Yeah, we could open them. Because you're a fan of the sliding window, and yeah. I'm a fan of the opening window, and I'm glad we had the opening window. Yeah, but the airflow wasn't great, so it was a little warmer in here, probably about 5, 10 degrees warmer than outside. So thank God for Jennifer's battery-operated fans. We yeah. were able to use those. Everybody should have one of those in their emergency kit. And, uh, you know, so that's been one issue. And we couldn't use our generator, which is supposed to run the air conditioner. Why we bought the $1,000 generator and brought it along was because it would run the camper when we needed to at a farm. And we couldn't use it because it was raining. And we discovered that it's not supposed to get rained on and use at the same time. So we had to go on Amazon and quickly have delivered up here to <laughs> to, to Kitty's house uh, cover for our uh, for our generator, so we have that now. So. I loved it when you when we pulled in and you said there should be a package for us here, and they Miranda and Kitty just looked at each other like, well, "What the heck are you talking about?" And then, uh, yes, there should be a generator cover, and I don't remember if it was Miranda or Kitty that did it. Literally squealed and jumped up in the air and they said, "Oh, we're not going crazy." Somebody. <laughs> UPS delivered a, a generator cover us to us the other day, and we were trying to figure out why we ordered that. Because <laughs> you put their name on yes, it. Yes, I did. So we have it now, anyway. So we It'll have stop that raining, for the future. You know that. And, and then we were raining. able to hook up today. We didn't even need it. We were able to hook up to their 30 amp service. So we're learning little things. We're also learning that our laptops were not set up with the proper sound editing program. So we had to figure that out. And I just, love new programs. It's just been not. It's been it's been interesting uh, working on the road. We've worked on the road before, but we have pretty much all new systems. We have all new recording equipment, which is working out great. And it's yeah, much smaller. It's much smaller, but it is a steep learning curve because all of this stuff is just. It doesn't come with instructions. It's well, figured out as you go. It's yeah. kind of not designed for the way we're using it. So we're, we're adapting. Why is that, Glenn? Yeah, because we Why is it that everything you different. do, the equipment you're using, isn't designed for what you're doing we, with it? Because we do things that are a little different than normal podcasters. Yeah. But it, it, and then, you know, one of the things I've been happy with is the, when we, this is the longest we've taken the RV, the camper. It's about 22 and, 23 feet long and we have a three-quarter ton diesel so hauling it's not a problem except it was a little wishy-washy when we took it the one time we actually went an hour and a half down the road camping on the highway it was a little wishy-washy we were getting blown around a little bit so we had a uh, a A sway bar bar put on we don't have an equalizer hitch because we don't need that so wait stop there a sway bar is one bar that attaches from the hitch of your trailer the, the triangular part to the receiver on your truck and that fishtailing effect that you experience with a trailer sometime, it reduces that because it has friction or tension on it. That's what a sway bar is because a lot of people think a sway bar and equalizer bars are the same thing. Right. Equalizer bars, it's two bars that go from the hitch to the And that's meant to, to level out if your truck sags in the back. It's meant to level that out and it oh, will yeah. stop sway. It, it reduces uh, sway, and yeah. the reason it reduces sway is it helps to um, transfer a small portion of the hitch weight, the downward pressure your trailer puts on your hitch, back towards the front tires, which keep your front tires on the ground. That's what causes that fishtail. If you've got a, a trailer that's too heavy for your hitch, um, it's caused by the fact that there's, your truck is designed to have a certain amount of weight on its front tires. And if you reduce that, you're reducing the your ability to steer safely. So they do two different things. And I convinced Glenn it was not easy. It's not easy to convince Glenn of anything that let's try the sway bar first. Because they're a pain in the butt to put on and off. Let's admit it. The, the equalizer crap. hitches. Yeah, they're yeah. a pain in the butt. We've had yeah. them before. So, yeah, let's Very try. heavy and everything. Yeah. yeah. Let's just try the sway bar and see if that helps. And it did. Made a world of difference driving up here. Matter of fact, we, I, you know, it's been no problem hauling this. You hardly sweated at all while you were driving through so, the cattle shoots in the rain. So Jennifer drives up here the first I drove, day. I drove up eighty percent of the time. Beautiful weather, all of that, and then finally I drove yesterday because I didn't have to work. While usually Jennifer drives and I work, but I didn't have to work. 
So I drove out of Aiken heading towards Southern Pines. We're on the highway, four-lane highway, and of course it starts pouring, and then we get into a construction zone, and it's narrow, and the walls, and it's pouring down rain, and there's trucks passing me, and all that stuff, and I lived. You survived. And then as soon as we had lunch and then I drove again, it all it stopped. It all stopped. It was nice again. So. <laughs> you just have bad travel karma. I think that's what it is. So, I, you know, so far we haven't canceled the five-week trip. Not yet. We Although canceled it yet. yesterday afternoon when I was editing those sound files. Yeah, and she the, was pretty upset. The, the technology was... Not yeah, working well. To be honest, you you swear like that at home too. So that it is not unique to the RV experience. No, when, when the technology edit- doesn't behave, there's it's potty <laughs> mouth time. No patient for uh, technology. potty mouth time. So we're figuring it out. It's uh, it's an adventure. Yeah, it's definitely an adventure. I, I got a video of Dawn riding Nigel. That was comforting. That was yeah, her trainer riding her uh, Jennifer's yeah. horse. Lo- while lovely, we're away. lovely Dawn next door is taking care of Nigel and riding him and keeping up his. Um, his regimen, he's in a um, case study with Dr. Pasteur, who does chiropractic and laser and acupuncture work, and he's in a study with them. Great, great timing. So she's keeping up on his homework while we're away. Thank you, Don. One of the things about this trip, and it's one of the things, the reason we did this trip was to get out and meet our listeners, and that has been the highlight of this cool. so far. Real is, faces, real had, smiles. We've just had a wonderful time talking to everybody, eating food with them, We're eating a ton of food with them. We've been eating a lot. They're feeding us well. And it's just been so much fun with people like Kitty. I've never met her. We've had her on the show for 10 years. And, 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 and it was Randy. weird because we've even seen her compete. Many yeah, times. And just have never talked to her. Never him. had a chance to talk to her. So it's just been so much fun meeting all of you, and, and we had a great time in Aiken, and so far Southern Pines is turning out well. Uh, Except and, for the lack of cell service. And we have a bunch of things planned for today, which you'll hear about on Friday. So let's get uh, let's wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. We'll have a uh, post-show for the auditors here in a minute. Hopefully, Jamie will be joining us for that. Uh, Otherwise, thanks. it's going to be a really short post-show. Yes, exactly. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.